the party begin here in West Lafayette. One of the top five places to watch a college basketball game. I would argue you can't find a better one. Three on the way. Bullseye! I feel the electricity in the house. The passion. It's a wall of sound. So here it back. It is four with three. They go to wall of vacuum. Planted for three. This is the Boiler Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman. Episode 81 here on the Boiler Ball Podcast. And today, uh, very uh, excited to welcome in Russell Cross to the podcast. Russell, thanks so much for taking time today to join us. All right, Elliot. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Good to be on today. Look forward to talking with you. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited about this because uh, I want to give you this story. I just told Rob this before we started recording. And, okay. And this is kind of the uh, – this is uh, this story from about four or five years ago. Uh, one of my duties here is I run our summer camps, and we're at camp – and we're walking from on campus here. We're walking from the dining courts back over to Mackey. It's it's a hot Monday or Tuesday in June, and uh, a couple campers are walking up ahead of me. Some young kids, and one kid comes up to me and he says, "Hey, this kid's over here telling me his grandpa played at Purdue." And I went up to the young camper and I said, "Well, I said, what's your last name?" And he said, "Cross." And I said. Is your grandpa Russell Cross? And he goes, Yeah, sure is. And I th- and I looked at the other camper and I said, Yeah, his dad played here. I said he didn't just play here. I said he was a stud here. I said he was a really oh, good wow. player. Oh wow! And oh, so wow. then I reached out to I believe his mother and got a got an email address and then I got in touch with you. And I think that's I think that kind of rekindled our relationship as a program with you. Do you remember that when I reached out to you? Yes, I do. I remember, yeah, a few years back. Yeah, I really uh, remember uh, speaking with you and talking some Purdue basketball with you a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, it was a it was one of those cool moments because um, as uh, as guys come through the program here, obviously, um, and and I was not here when you were here, but obviously, as a former SID, your name's all over the the media guide and a really good player. Uh, when you were here and so it was exciting for us to kind of reconnect and then to get you back here for our last uh, reunion was awesome so um, I want to ask you we always ask our 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 guests that come on our players and everything kind of a little bit about their childhood and where they grew up so where was uh, where was your childhood home uh, growing up Russell? Uh, Childhood uh, was Chicago Illinois west the great west side of Chicago Uh, grew up there with uh, of course my mom and dad and uh, three siblings uh, at that time, uh, and, and very humble beginnings. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's where everything start, started for me is on the west side of Chicago. And so growing up, uh, family life and everything, it was, how big a part of, uh, of your family was sports? Well, uh, on my mother's side, uh, well, let me back that up a little bit. My dad also he played basketball, but he played in the in the south, in school in the south, and uh, had a great jump shot, which I never had. What school did your dad he, play he, at? 
Uh, he played uh, a school in in uh, I can't think of the name of the school, but he's played in in in, in high school. Well, he didn't play college. Gotcha, gotcha. But so I, I can't remember the school. But he played uh, uh, high school, and uh, and then on my mother's side, all of my uncles uh, played basketball. So uh, we we all doing family reunions and get-togethers. Uh, there was definitely a time where we'd go out and. And play basketball. Nice. Uh, my mother was was an athlete. She was a gymnast uh, down down south as well. Uh, when they were, excuse me, when they were coming up, and uh, so athletics has always been uh, in the forefront for for me. Uh, not necessarily basketball, but uh, in my early years on the west side, I played baseball. Baseball was okay. my my love, my sport. Uh, and the Chicago Cubs were my team. <laughs> there we um, go. Nice. With with Ernie Banks and uh, J- uh, Ferguson Jingen, Milt Papish, all those guys, Don Cassinger, all those guys. Those were my my guys that I looked up to, and and wanted to play like. Awesome. And so we played a lot of sandlot ball uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, we didn't have such uh, these these wonderful little league. Uh, <laughs> Uh, leagues that they have now yeah uh so we did we did get an opportunity to play and we played and enjoyed it and then uh there was an opportunity elliot that i had a six inch growth spurt in in one summer in one summer wow and that kind of that kind of changed my (laughs) destiny a little bit that's a little bit yeah uh from baseball to basketball so did you ever get it being such a cubs fan did you get a chance to see them play in person very often? Was it something you guys sat around and watched on TV, radio? What was the medium that you got to see your team, or or was it reading about them in the paper, or a little bit of everything? Uh, we had a little dab of everything in yeah. there. Uh, we we would get out, and, and, and that would be just the, the, the blossom of my, my whole day was to get out to Wrigley Field and just sit there and eat some popcorn and hot <laughs> dog and that stuff. And watch my favorite players be up close in front with them. Oh, that's awesome! And then uh, my my mother, who was also a Cubs fan, right? We would all always sit and watch Jack Brickhouse on WGN, and uh, watch the double hitters, and uh, and 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 then unless the Dodgers came, because that was our other favorite team, and then we would <laughs> sit there and have these these moments. But uh, definitely, definitely baseball was was the way to go. Wow, and what what uh, I guess playing Sandlot, you played a lot of everything. Huh? Was there one particular position you gravitated towards? Uh, yeah, but you know, I could I could play any position, but mostly I, I pitched. Yeah, uh, yeah, had a had a awesome curveball. At least that's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had an awesome curveball that, that worked out pretty good for us, and, and uh, it was it was real good because I got a chance to play with my brothers. Uh, my older brother and my younger brother, uh, Emmanuel, we had him out there at five years old playing baseball. So wow! It was it was real it was real neat. Really, that, that's awesome. Did you end up playing baseball uh, at the school and you know at your high school, middle school, or anything like that as you got older? No, I no I did not. No, okay. I did not because uh, I was still trying to uh, catch up with my body mm. and coordination at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a little little awkward. We we're gonna use awkward, but. Uh, <laughs> My mother said goofy, but it, you know, I was a little, 
still trying to catch up with everything and then uh had the opportunity in in grade school to try out for the uh basketball team. Okay. And and that's where my journey started with with basketball. And so how long after you have this 6-inch growth spurt um did you go to basketball immediately and then did you kind of have to get your way through the awkward stage or is your mom so um I guess so honestly put it your goofy, your goofy stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh I continued to play baseball but not not in, in at schools, right? And then uh as I continued to grow, uh I gravitated more toward basketball than I did playing baseball until a point where it, it had transitioned to I'm just watching baseball now and then going to games and uh, things of that nature and being a good fan. Yeah. But uh uh as as time progressed, I was able to go on to high school and uh make the freshman team. Still still working through this transition, but uh starting to see some some potential now come to fruition. Yeah. Uh where where I'm able to do what I desire to do. So uh had some good God gift uh abilities and they were starting to hone in in the high school. And what high school were you at? Uh, Manly High School. Okay, uh, that's on the west side of Chicago as well. Yeah, and you—I think I read Russell. You—you you won the state championship your high school in your senior year of high school. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, that was the first one for our uh, well, our first and only time that uh, we uh, won state title. Uh, we had uh, some progression. Uh, the team that was on my that was with me in my freshman year. Actually, uh, stayed. We stayed together all the way through uh, sophomore and junior year, and then uh, we all went downstate here in Illinois and was able to compete and and to win. Now, was state held down in Champaign? Yes, it was down in down in Champaign, Illinois, on the uh, Illini. Uh, dare I say the Illini <laughs> campus? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we were we were down there. And uh, it was a different experience for us because uh, as as kids coming from the, the west side of Chicago, uh, you know, we, we only seen so many crowds or, or number of people that were in the crowd. Yeah. And to go down there and see all of that, that hoopla was, was something different for us, a different experience for us. But one, we, 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 we kind of got in there and, and trusted it, trusted our coach and trusted the players and the fans that were the little uh, – fans that we did bring with us <laughs> and uh, we were able to pull it off we got very comfortable with, with being playing down there so what was high school basketball like when you were playing I mean do you still remember those games and rivalries and do you have any any moments other than that state title run do you have any moments that that stood out to you uh yeah well we our rival our direct rival in in high school was Westinghouse high school vocational high school and a lot of neighborhood uh, uh, friends and family uh, were divided between the two schools. And uh, we played uh, at the Chicago Amphitheater my junior year to go to uh, to the state, to play for the state title. And we went into uh, that team. I think the West House team at that time had Skip Dillard and Bernard Randolph and uh, Tracy Treadwell, uh, these guys were our, our, our people we went to school with in grade school and uh, 
in the, and they were still in the neighborhood, and uh, some of them were family. And uh, we played a a triple overtime. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, all of that, all of that uh, family and friends and all that went out the window. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and we went we went to battle, and uh, we we uh, were at the end of the game. At the end of the third overtime, we were we came out victorious and and went down to represent the city for, for the state. Oh, that's awesome. And that, and and what a feeling too to be able to have, you know, you win games like that. Uh now of course you got bragging rights for the next year at least, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and you're definitely going to take those digs every time you can get a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So, uh when as you you talked about as a freshman, you're kind of out there as as your four years of high school progressed, did you start to kind of work your way up, and you know, in terms of being the uh, one of the better players, or probably the best player on your team? Uh, yeah, I, I was kind of thrown in there. <laughs> <laughs> Whether I was going to be good or not was yet determined. Yeah, but uh, the coach saw potential that I did not yet see, and uh, he inserted me into a couple of the varsity practices. And uh, in my sophomore year, in my sophomore year, and uh, I got beat up pretty good, mm. and uh, was able to understand the physicality of the game, understand the mental portions of the game, and not just use my ability, but actually have some strategy to what I was doing. So it was a good development course that my coach Willie Little kind of led me through. And then the junior year, uh, I was on varsity, and I was a starter. And uh, the first couple of games I had, Elliot, were were just outstanding, and, and I had good numbers everywhere. And I would run home, and uh, I was look for Fred Mitchell and Taylor Bell's articles on high school basketball. Yeah, and uh, there there would be these little notations in there that Manly won, and I had nothing uh, <laughs> about uh, the numbers that that I put up or anything, right? <laughs> And, and so we played against uh, Marshall High School, um, and uh, I think I had, I, I forget, I had, I had a double-digit rebounds and uh, double-digit block shots, but I think I scored like 10 points or something like that. <laughs> and uh, and then Taylor Bell puts in this big article, Cross is big news at Manly. And I'm like, that was my worst game out of the three. <laughs> <laughs> now he notices that I... Uh, I'm able to do some things and and uh, get uh, good training, uh, good uh, support system with my family, my father, my father, my mother, uh, and and the people that were around me, my teachers, uh, Coach Little, of course, uh, and and my teammates. And uh, I was starting to develop, you know, better uh, skills in terms of coordination and 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 thinking strategies and uh, watching film and. Those things of that nature, you know, yeah. and that led up to uh, us uh, all maturing to a level uh, of championship in, in my senior year uh, of high school. That name you brought back a name for me, Fred Mitchell. Is uh, I I uh, I dealt with him a little bit back in my SID days in the uh, Chicago. That's awesome. Um, question yeah. f- question for you. Um, recruiting wise so you mentioned your junior year you're starting to break out you're starting and things like that when did colleges first start paying attention to you 
Well, it was also in my junior year, the summer that I transitioned from junior year to uh, senior year. Uh, you may know this name, uh, Lee Rose. Yeah. Uh, uh, selected me to be one of the high schoolers to play on the uh, USA Spartakiad team, um, which is we would go over to Russia and represent the U.S. Uh, in the Spartakiad games. Wow. So I got an opportunity to play uh, with Joe Barry Carroll, Herb Williams, Andrew Tony, wow. uh, those guys as as a junior. You know, I'm I'm starstruck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And still, and still trying to play, right? Yeah. But it did give me a good a good measuring stick. Uh, uh, was I ready to play college ball or not? And it also helped me in my senior year as well. But I got an opportunity to to uh, sit and not be recruited by Lee Rose, but get to see what kind of uh, uh, coach he was and what college coaching was all about as he was uh, demonstrating that as he was coaching us doing these games. Now, are you the and same? Then, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no. Well, are, question. I was going to say, are you the same age as Herb Williams? No, Herb, I think Herb's a, a year or maybe two okay. uh, older than I am. Yeah, because uh, we're good friends. We're real good friends, and, and I kind of gravitated toward Herb. Yeah, he, yeah. I just when I heard those names, I thought I'm trying to put myself in your shoes as a as a junior going into your senior mm-hmm. year, and all of a sudden you play with these guys. And Herb would have been going at that point. He would have probably been already heading to Columbus to play at Ohio State. Yeah, they were actually actually he was. I want to tell you, he had to be in. Yeah, he had to be the freshman, already played his freshman year. Okay. Going into his sophomore year or sophomore year going into junior year. Wow. Had to be one of those. Yeah. So you really got yeah. thrown, you really got put on a team and it's like a big eye opener then. That's, wow, that's incredible. I, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was, it was a great experience. One, I was, I'll treasure, you know, being over there with those guys and, Get an opportunity to travel abroad and yeah, see some different things. Right, it, and, was, it, was, it was spectacular. And was that your first time out of the country at that point? A- absolutely. Wow, <laughs> what an eye opener! So you not only go out of the country for your first time, but then you go to Russia for the first experience. That absolutely, is... yeah, yeah. And they, they, you know, they played with me a little bit. The guys told me that the meat that we were eating were 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 dog, and so I stopped eating the meat. <laughs> And uh, I start I start buying Coca Colas and, and and eating raisin bread. <laughs> and and well, so you're so well, and, and uh, so you're telling me though Lee Rose has you over there in Russia this whole time and he never once gives you a recruiting spiel, never once tries nope. to to recruit you. Really, that is interesting. No, he, he never. Let, let's put it this way: he never spoke to me about coming to Purdue. Wow. Okay. I mean, wow. the, I mean, I'm playing for the man. He's the coach at Purdue, right? Yeah, right. And it's so interesting that he never even brought up, uh, never even broached the subject with you. No, no, he did not, and neither did uh, you know Joe Barry uh, either. I mean, I, I talked with those guys. I spent time with them, and I did speak with uh, uh, Coach Rose, but nothing ever to the point of we we want you to come down here. Now he was recruiting me. You know, prior to that, during my junior year, okay. uh, he had Coach Bass. He had Coach Bass come up, and and he would spend time at the games, and uh, we would see him, and we'd have opportunity to speak 
but uh, Lee, during that time, during the Spartak Cad Games, he never approached me in that way. Wow. Well, what an incredible experience. And then you come back, and that had a uh, – did that give you confidence heading into your senior year? Oh, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, if I can play with these big dogs, yeah. everything everything else is puppies to me. You know? yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I came out with, with that attitude that, uh, whether right or wrong, that I could play at the co- uh, collegiate level. And it's just a matter of time of, of me graduating and getting out of here. Yeah, that's that is that is a really cool experience, and yeah, I would I would imagine that would uh, that would be a, a a big confidence booster. And then going into your senior year, obviously you cap it off with the state title. But do you remember as you're playing that senior year? Do you remember the different schools that were coming into the gym to watch you play and recruiting you? Oh uh, yeah, uh, U UCLA, Iowa, Illinois. Arkansas, <laughs> every everybody. Now you guys are gonna get you gonna get a laugh out of this one. Every school except IU. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's a good. Thing. <laughs> I, did, I did not get recruited. I can't say I got recruited by Bobby Knight. So what? At the end of the day, obviously you end up here. So talk us through your process, and then you know you get talk us through like who was kind of your final schools, and then what ultimately led you to Purdue. Well, uh, you know, we practiced during the Spartakia game. We we practiced right there in Mackey Arena. <laughs> really, I didn't. I got a good, absolutely, we practiced right on on the campus there, and I got an opportunity to walk around the campus and and see some things on a on what we would call now an unofficial uh, <laughs> visit. Yeah, there right? you go. There and you go. So uh, I was able to, to 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 get around and navigate. And then I understood uh, that I had to narrow it down to uh, four uh, schools, and I narrowed it down to Illinois, Iowa, UCLA, and Purdue. Okay. And the factor that, 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 that I wanted to come to Purdue was that I had some familiarity with the, with the school I did. I was coached by Coach. Rose, I liked him, and Coach Bass, and uh, Joe Barry Carroll was leaving, mm. and the center position would be open and available yeah. for me. Yeah, and the other schools had someone already established in that role, and uh, I would really have to fight to get a starting position. But I thought I could compete the best at Purdue, and so uh, hence I made my selection to come to West Lafayette. And so when you get here, now your first year is, uh, your first year is at 8081? Yes. 19, yeah. 1980, yep. So right. when you get here, uh, Coach Rose departed, right? Right That's before correct. that? Right before, uh, right in the recruiting phase. Right in the me saying I'm coming to Purdue, uh, he leaves. What? And this 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 young uh, whippersnapper of a man <laughs> uh, uh, comes forth and uh, starts to recruit me uh, at the very last minute. Wow! So and that was Coach Katie. 
That, so the, I mean, that is an that's that's pretty incredible. You know, you you spend time. Obviously, they've recruited you for a couple of years. You go overseas with this coach. Uh, everything's looking great. You feel good about everything, and so now, obviously, you had the familiarity with campus and with Purdue, but now it's a matter of having to basically get to know the new coach that you would play for if you stick stuck with your commitment, right? Absolutely. I, I didn't know anything about Coach Gady at all. Um, other than, you know, speaking to him in, in certain situations, but as he was recruiting me, but that, that was it. I had no background where he coached before. I had no one to actually resource and say, hey, what do you think about his coaching style? Um, it's just really, I felt good in his presence and the way he was talking to me. And I had already committed to come to Purdue. And uh, my mother said, well, it's up to you. I said, I think I'm going to stick with my decision. And it really helped. It, it, as, as crazy as this may sound, it really helped that I came in as a freshman at the same time that my, my coach was coming in as, as in his first year. So it, it would be a good opportunity for me to develop under him and get to know him, and he has no real... Uh, reservations about allowing me to compete. Yeah, I, I can totally understand that. Did you get a sense when he when he was trying to get to know you and everything and get you to stick with your commitment? Did you feel like you were a big priority for for him to get you to stay with with that commitment to Purdue? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he, he was sincere in what he was saying, and it, and it was good because uh, as the years progressed in this relationship with Coach Katie. I mean, he never changed. <laughs> he he, he yeah. was he was sincere about what he was doing, and the, the fruit of his labors came through. Uh, many athletes and 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 the program. He had enhanced the program, and man, um, won championships, uh, Big Ten championships. He never changed. Uh, his message was the same. He was a tough guy, and he didn't care uh, where you grew up or where you came from. Uh, he had a program where it was not going to be contaminated by what you thought, uh, but we were all going to work under this one vision, and he was very upfront and very truthful. I, I remember one time we we failed to take a charge in a game, <laughs> and the next uh, practice that we had, uh, we took charges for the <laughs> entire practice <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you could do that anymore <laughs> nowadays with these kids <laughs> well now yeah nowadays may be a little different yeah you know? well, well he had us out there uh taking taking those charges but it was good it was really really good that i came in with him at that time and, and again he never changed he, he stuck to what he was saying well, when I was doing my research for this interview, Russell, uh, yesterday I came across a quote from Coach Katie, and maybe you've heard this before, I don't know, but he's talking about the recruiting of you and, and getting you to ultimately come to Purdue, and, and he said, quote, it was one of the turning points of my career, end quote. That's how important wow. you were to Coach Katie. I don't know if you'd ever heard that before. but uh, uh, No, I, I, I did not. And, and to understand that, you know, because – it's a little touching because uh, to understand the history behind uh, how great of a coach he is, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you know, before coming to Purdue and establishing the program the way that he did, 
while it was there. That's, I mean, that's that's very touching. So you come in and, and the same year, uh, Coach is obviously getting himself acclimated to the Big Ten and, and Purdue. Um, yeah. the, and the program was successful. I mean, we've we've talked about this in other podcasts with people we've had on. You know, Coach Rose um, was only here two years but had done really big things. Um, Coach sure. Katie, a, a much different style, but uh, but came in and, and really kind of hit the ground running. I mean, you guys – won a lot of games uh in in your time here and um you know what the big 10 in those days i mean it's you know throughout the 80s and especially the the most of the 90s uh the big 10 with those iconic coaches um and coach katie wasn't established yet but do you remember what do you remember from those you know early 80s 19 early 1980s big 10 era Oh man, the physicality <laughs> was I was freaking outstanding. Right? Yeah, yeah, I bet. Uh, it was definitely a, a, a big boy house. Uh, it, it's amazing the coaches. You know, you're talking coach uh, coach Olson at Iowa, Judd Heatcoat. You know, yeah, uh, these are these are legendary guys. And uh, again, coaches coming in and, and trying to establish himself uh, and. I still say that first year, my freshman year, I, I forget the record that we had, but it was enough for us to get into the uh, into the NCAA tournament, and we did not get in. We got into the NIT tournament, and we went uh, there to the Final Four. But when you talk about the Big Ten guys, you know, you're talking about Kevin Willis, you're talking uh, uh, Randy Brewer. Uh, these guys, I'm, I'm facing uh, uh, Mike Mitchell, right? All the uh, Mike McGee. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Sam Vincent, uh, all these guys, uh, and I'm I'm facing them, and, and we're we're going at it. I mean, it's 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 war out there on that floor, and uh, it was it was good uh, that I got an opportunity, and I grew up on the west side of Chicago, and wasn't afraid of a fight uh, because <laughs> they definitely were wanting to try to back you down. Uh, in any game that you play, especially uh, on the road. Yeah, you guys on that freshman year, you guys were eighteen and fourteen, and you you had a slow start. You guys you guys started off. Let's see here, you were three and eight to start that season, and yeah. and then in, something clicked yeah. in uh, right after the new year. Something clicked. You guys lost at Iowa, and then uh, turned around and and rolled off four in a row. Um, and then kind of started uh, winning from there, and then you finished really strong, won your last three Big Ten games, as you mentioned, then got into the NIT and advanced mm-hmm. to uh, advanced to New York, uh, where you eventually lost to Bradley. But uh, it seems like maybe there was a little tough transition at the beginning, but then once things kind of got figured out, then you guys started kind of taking off. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, the, the transition wasn't just – Coach Katie and I, right? You're talking about a shift in the entire program, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that affects uh, all the players. Uh, as I recall, the the year before I came, you, you're talking these guys that just went to the Final Four, NCAA Final Four, and we still had a residue of folks that were still there: uh, Mike Scares, uh, Keith Edmondson, uh, and, and uh, uh, Kit, uh, John Kitchell, Kevin Stallings. Yeah. All these guys were were still there uh, from that time, and they had been coached under Lee Rose. And so now they're transitioning, and they're getting to know this, this, this new guy, 
uh, Coach Katie, and and then I'm coming in and I'm competing uh, against uh, uh, Teddy, and it, it, it you know it was it was tough at the beginning. Yeah. But at, at the very, uh, I think it was the the Minnesota game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think we lost that game, but it it triggered something in us, and and I found myself yelling in the group. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yelling in the group of of juniors and seniors, and saying let let let's go. Yeah, and 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 let's get this done. We're we're better than this, and and these guys did a good job of leading us uh, to to have a strong uh, finish uh, at, at the NIT. You guys go to the NIT your first two years, and and as we we've talked about this before, the NIT in those days was it was much different than it is now. Oh, um, no question. It was a it was a big time tournament. You but then your junior year, you guys go get to the NCAA tournament, the first tournament appearance for Coach Katie uh, in his time here. You win your first round game, and then eventually lose to our, the ninth ranked team, Arkansas, in the uh, in the second yeah. round. Um, yes. And then you have a decision to make after your junior year. Talk us through kind of that whole process. Oh, wow. Um, well, after uh, Alvin Robinson had 10 steals against <laughs> 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 us, against us in the uh, – I thought we were going to win that, that game, that Arkansas game. But uh, those guys were very good. He, he and Walker were very good, and uh, they went on to uh, continue to play, and, and we stopped. And um, I thought at that time that uh, the best opportunity for me uh, and, and my family at that particular time uh, was to move on to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that uh, the, the year that I had with those, that junior year I had with those guys in the Spartakiad games, in my opinion, had elevated me uh, one year uh, more than I would have been coming in as a freshman. So what I'm saying is, I don't is I may have been labeled a freshman, but I was already playing at a sophomore level. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because these these guys were uh, had pushed me to that level, and I thought I had done everything that I could do to to uh, get us to the place. The program was still in a good place. Uh, we we finished our first time with, at the NCAA tournament. Uh, I spoke with Coach. Uh, Coach didn't heartily agree with me, <laughs> <laughs> but, but he understood my position, and uh, I was able to then make the announcement that I will forego my senior year and 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 move to the NBA. And, and you had a great junior year. I mean, you averaged just under 18 points a game, uh, just over seven rebounds a game, um, started nearly every game, 68 blocks, over 29 games. I mean, you had a really good junior year. Um, and as you said, you were kind of kind of a year ahead anyway from, had, from playing in those games and having that experience. Mm-hmm. What was the mm-hmm. thought process with your family? Were that, was this – um, was this left up to you? Did you have some consultation with anybody, you know, on your in your family end? Yeah, yeah. I talked to my my family, and uh, they they pretty much left that decision up to me. Uh, you know, they were all excited about it. Uh, you know, especially my uncles. They were, they, you know, they're like I told you, they're, they're basketball fanatics, sports fanatics. Yeah, let's put it that way. 
So they were very excited, and uh, uh, my mother and my father, uh, definitely I had to speak with them concerning this, and uh, they left it up to me to make the choice if I was ready. My my mom, you know, was kind of hesitant in the fact she wanted me to go back and and finish everything, and I said, well, we, we, we'll do that. We'll do that. Well, you obviously—I uh, mean, you're obviously ready, Russell. You—you were the sixth overall pick. I mean, <laughs> if you went to a college—I yeah. mean, if you go to a college player yeah. today and say, "Hey, if you enter the draft right now as an underclassman, you're going to be picked sixth. Absolutely, they would take that in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah. I, well, I'm still dealing with uncertainties, right? Yeah. Uh, I know I had my my name in the hat, but I don't know where I'm going to fall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't—I didn't attend any of the uh, camps that they had. Uh, now, which is a mandatory thing for you to do, but uh, juniors at that time did not have to go through that that type of uh, uh, training and uh, evaluation. We didn't have to do that, so I still didn't understand where I would fall. It was a, it was a it was a chance, and and I said, well, this is the opportunity for me. I'm going to go for it, and let's see what happens. You bring up that's a great point because nowadays, you know, when our guys um, are in that position. There's there's a, a program now, and it's run through the NBA, where basically if you s- request feedback, they will basically ask 30 teams around the league, um, give us an evaluation on this kid, where you think he's going to go, and then you get a report back from the NBA that you can give yeah. to your player. And it basically says, hey, it's they, you kind of put them into, I think, five different categories. It's either like first half of the first round, second half of the first round, first half of the second mm-hmm. round, back end, or mm-hmm. not drafted. And then you take that info, and it's a pretty decent gauge for a young man to be able to say, okay, uh, this is what the next level thinks of me. You, you, you didn't have any of those options when you, when you were going through this uh, decision. No. And did you have not anybody, that, was there anybody from the next level that reached out to you or anybody that would give you any advice about what NBA people were thinking? Uh, we, yeah, maybe there was some, uh, when I, when I hired a, an agent, uh-huh. we would have, uh, some gauges, uh, some thought processes, some talking through the process, but we definitely didn't have a, a finger to point and say, this is where we think you're going to land. Wow. Uh, there were. Uh, several positions. I mean, we didn't have, at that time, it's, it's interesting that you were telling me about the program. At that time, we didn't have any uh, mock draft. Yeah, uh, yeah, thinking, right. You know, we're thinking uh, <laughs> you're going to go six. <laughs> you know, yeah. this, that, and the other. Uh, so we, we were just really by hearsay. And uh, as time got closer, uh, the, the numbers started to rise. Uh, and that uh, I had an understanding that somewhere in the mix that I would be uh, in the first round. Wow. I didn't know exactly uh, pinpoint where or who until the, actually the day of the draft. Well, that's pretty impressive because I went back and I looked at some of the names in that draft, and you know these names, Russell, because you were a part of it. But Absolutely. Uh, Ralph Sampson, Byron Scott, yep. Jeff Malone, yep. Derek Harper. Yep. Clyde Drexler, yeah. <laughs> Doc Rivers was yeah. a second round pick in that draft. I mean, exactly those, right. That exactly is a who's right. who of basketball research. names. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just some of the names in that draft, unbelievable. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you got a, a couple of Hall of Famers in there. Uh, a couple of people that uh, thought that some of those folks should have been drafted above me. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> but but, but 
uh, these guys all uh, had had good careers, man. It was a real good draft. It was actually the first draft where the number one pick uh, uh, gained a million dollar contract. Oh hmm. wow! Uh, and then uh, once that happens, it tapers off uh, as you are are selected, right? Yeah. So now you 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 know how they're getting paid now. So yeah. <laughs> uh, when we when we get that that first guy that was making a million dollars, which was Ralph Sampson. Uh, that was that was a uh, uh, something special. Yeah, and where were you on draft day? Do you remember that day? Yeah, I was in New York. I got invited to uh, New York, um, and at, at the draft, I was actually at the draft. Nice. Uh, they, they had something similar to what they have now. Okay. Uh, where we would sit out there, and if you were expected to go in the first round or whatever, um, and uh, I was there sitting, and and we were actually backstage. Uh, sitting and talking with uh, the other players. And was, was who was with you? Did you go out there by yourself? Did you have any tra- anybody travel with you? Your uh, agent, your family? Uh, my, my agent, my agent went out with me. Okay. Uh, and uh, he and I um, uh, spent the, the time out there. I think it was like a couple of days. We came in the night before. Then we hit the draft, and uh, the next day we were leaving out. And uh, name gets called, and what, what what was that experience like? Uh, elation, right? Yeah, right. Uh, 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 very excited, uh, worth the, the the risk. Uh, and and then um, the first question that that's posed to me in my first interview was, "How would you like? How are you going to like playing with Joe Barry Carroll?" <laughs> <laughs> And I, I found that interesting because the first question that I received when I came to Purdue was, you know, Joe Barry's leaving. How do you think it would have been to play with him here? You know, so uh, it, it was it was wonderful, uh, um, and and everything you know went according to plan. Um, God blessed us real good, uh, position wise, and uh, to get out to a team who, who now in this day. Are flourishing, but we weren't so good at that time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but still, allowed me to uh, get to get drafted in number six to the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that uh, that team is, uh, as you said, it's a, a far different team nowadays. Um, what was what was like uh, life like out there when you get out there as a rookie? Well, I have you know had a couple visits out there. Um, we played the uh, McDonald's um, All-American game out there um, the year the year prior. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. In my high school uh, uh, senior year, we played out there, and then I had a couple more vis- times that I visited out there. Okay. Uh, and in 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 some good words here, it was fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
So talk about talk about life in the NBA and and you know your whole experience there. Uh, well, um, we had an opportunity to go and play with the Warriors. We got hurt uh, as we went through a uh, signing period where uh, I was holding out and uh, uh, didn't get to the training camp. And I, I think I got there about a, uh, three quarters of the season uh, where the team was already established in, in roles and responsibilities. And, mm-hmm. and now I'm trying to work my way in to, uh, to this team and introduce myself. Uh, but uh, the holdout, in my estimation, kind of hindered me in, in, that, in that aspect. Uh, me not uh, doing what I was supposed to do in terms of staying in shape and being ready to go uh, was another aspect. Uh, and then uh, the overall uh, experience was good because I had uh, some veterans that were there, Mickey Johnson and Purvis Short, and, of course, Joe Barry Carroll was there. And uh, they were helping me to make this transition. Yeah. Uh, as 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 a very young man uh, who now has uh, a substantial amount of money and uh, access to places that he did not have without without a lot of mentorship and a lot of uh, training uh, to live on his own. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, in one aspect, it was it was great. We were playing in different cities. I was playing against some people uh, that were I was idolizing as, as ball players, the Dr. J's of the world, the yeah. Magic Johnsons of the world. Right, I was actually playing against those guys and having uh, uh, a good time. But I was I was injured right away, and then I went into physical therapy to get that right. And so I'm I'm, I'm even taking more time away from the season and with the team, um, not traveling with the team, and so forth and so on. And uh, uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the first year, everything seems to be going in the right direction. And uh, we're looking forward to coming back. And so I have a good summer league uh, after the first year, a good summer league, and now we're coming back in the training camp, and I hurt my leg again. and and did not have a good showing uh, throughout that camp and and was released uh, uh, by the Golden State Warriors for two reasons. One, uh, I'm not uh, producing at the level that I desire or they desire. Uh, we came to a common understanding of that. And the other one is that Joe Barry Carroll is in his uh, payment year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so... I could I couldn't shake Joe is what I'm trying to tell you, but 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 Joe is in his his uh, year where he's going to be paid, and so they have to make the the salary you know make the cuts that they have to make uh, to to meet his salary uh, that he desires. Yeah, and so uh, then I move into uh, Denver. Uh, uh, Denver picks me up off of waivers, and I go and I play there uh, for a period of time. Again, uh, uh, with Doug Moe, Alex English, uh, those guys, and uh, uh, I, I get hurt again. And so the trainer, Chopper, uh, puts me through this program. I go and I have a surgery done on my leg, and uh, I never was able really to recover to the area that I wanted to. Yeah. 
and uh, then it were released, uh, came back actually and tried out for the team again in the following year, but uh, the injury would not allow me to play at the level that, again, that I desired. So I was released by them and uh, went and played in the CBA for a little while uh, and then went overseas. Yeah, I was reading that, and I knew that injuries had a big, a big, were a big factor, and you caught some tough breaks that in that regard. Uh, but you kind of mm-hmm. find a second life overseas, and uh, and you spend uh, what seven, eight years over there. Yep, that's right, seven, eight years uh, playing well uh, on some good teams. Uh, maybe not initially a good team, but <laughs> we, yeah. we, we progressed until uh, we were playing uh, at a very high level in, in the uh, in the A-League. What what so, what place did you like living the best, or what city were you in that you enjoyed the most when you played abroad? Well, boy, um, uh, uh, Musia is one, Musia in Spain, uh, because it was close to the beach. It was in Alicante. The Alicante was right down the street from there. Nice. Uh, a beautiful city. Uh, also, um, um, what was the place? Lord. Oh, oh come on. Well, why you think? Uh, why you think of that? I got to tell you, we, we we talk to guys who have played overseas. I don't know. Yeah. I always get jealous because. <laughs> I what a, what a cool thing to be. Li- I think it's I, ever since I was fortunate enough to visit places in Europe, I always find myself wanting to get back as often as I can uh, and just see all those different places and cities and just the culture and mm-hmm. a different way of living. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm always jealous of, of you guys that got to go over there and not only live there and experience that culture, but also to be able to play the game you love. Uh, it's a pretty good deal going over there and playing, I would imagine. Well, everything's everything's good from a distance, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you <laughs> sounds like you may have a different take on it, Russell, than well, me. Well the deal is is that uh the other city I was thinking about was Barcelona, by the way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, beautiful city. Barcelona and Madrid. Uh it was it was beautiful and then we were in Italy as well. Uh Naples weren't so great. Uh, <laughs> Naples was Naples. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah, but but then we got a chance to go to Venice and all that stuff. So it was, and and I got a chance to go uh, to the Louvre. So I, it was it was real nice. Everything yeah. was nice in that aspect. But remember now, we're we're living on the economy. So uh, and 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 I'm going over and and probably the best Spanish I have is what I learned in my senior year in <laughs> Mrs. Robinson's uh, Spanish class. So the, probably the extent of that was hola, como estas? That was it. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm I'm over here and I'm, and I'm playing, and my, and my coaches don't really speak English. They're speaking mm, Spanglish, and, yeah. uh, and, and I'm speaking, uh, uh, you know, half and half, and some words I'm making up and everything, and 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 these guys and we're trying to run plays and and, and do all of that, and 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 it's a transition. And yeah. I'm trying to shop, you know, I'm trying to shop. I, I got to go, you know, uh, get uh, food for the house and where to shop, where to go, what to do, and and it's all new to me. This is a whole new world. Yeah, this is not just you know I'm over here on vacation. And I'm gonna take a couple, you know, shots of standing by a couple statues, and 
hit the beach for a couple of minutes, right? Which beach is a whole different animal. I won't get into it in this, this broadcast. But it was, it, it, it was good to be on the beach. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. But, but I tell you, uh, it was a serious transition. And uh, the good news was that I had uh, a, a in, in all my stops except one, I had another American with me. Mm. And when I got to Barcelona, I had an American community. Mm. So, uh, and most of them played either uh, basketball or American football. Gotcha. So those transitions were, were good. But initially, I didn't have anything. Yeah. It was just, hey, you know what? You're from the United States, and now you're in Italy. And that's it. And uh, funny story, funny story, guys. I didn't know how to drive a, a standard shift or a stick shift <laughs> when I went over there. Well, well, to let you know, everything over there is standard shift, and and, <laughs> and either you drive it or you don't, right? And yeah. so <laughs> yeah. they, 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 give, they give me a car to travel. <laughs> yeah. And and they said, well, we'll teach you how to how to drive it. And I get ready to go uh, after practice, and the guy has got he has me out in the parking lot, and we're going up and down, and I'm I'm changing gears and hitting the clutch, changing gears, hitting the clutch, and and all of that. And he says, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I I knew that was coming. They, they threw you I right know, to the wolves, didn't wait they? Wait a minute. Well, you know, well, number one, Elliot, I don't know where my house is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never really traveled, you know, uh, myself. I got to find my home. I got to uh, uh, learn how to drive this stick in, in a place, Naples, where they don't recognize uh, the the traffic light or the stop sign. Uh, everything is a continuous motion, and you just dive out into the intersection and hope you don't get in. And, and there was no map quest to help you out either. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. There's no map quest on that, man. But it was pretty interesting, but uh, just, just keep in mind, it's a great experience, great experience. But we were definitely living on the economy. And uh, when you initially go over there, uh, there's no great introduction to it, at least at that time, uh, to, to that type of living. You just had to understand the culture and and make adjustments accordingly so when you're done with basketball eventually uh you come home and you're back to chicago right that's that's correct and so here in chicago and so uh so nowadays what do you what are you doing uh what you know what what do you do now in chicago well i'm an ordained minister uh which is uh one of my passions uh in life uh, ever since I was going to uh, high school and 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 college, uh, on my visit to Purdue, they had to show me a place um, that that I could go and worship and 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 be in church. Now I'm not, I'm not saying I took a whole lot of opportunity to go <laughs> after I got there. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it was a priority during my recruiting, right? Yeah, and. Uh, I was able to come back and uh, be married to this wonderful woman of mine and uh, able to spend time with my children and 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 now able to seek after uh, another passion of mine, and that is uh, to serve the Lord. And I got I to gotta imagine you have, I, I would like to hear, in, in athletics, 
Um, and you talked about it. You got in that huddle here at Purdue, and, and you had to lead. Um, you probably learned a lot of valuable lessons through basketball that probably apply to your oh, current life, man. right? Oh, absolutely. No question about it. Uh, in every aspect of my life, uh, we can take we can take some things away. Discipline, uh, strategies. Don't go and go into things without any real strategy. Uh, investment, right of time. Um, eating correctly, <laughs> watching your body. Yeah, right. All of those things. Uh, how to treat people. How to work in a team environment. Uh, how to how to. Uh, uh, Give accolades and 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 to give uh, you know some good advice to folks. Work with people. I mean, uh, look for strong leadership. Be mentored by strong leadership. Right. This is all in a daily walk of life. And through basketball, I was able to obtain most of those behaviors, and now being able to express them across to uh, my family uh, first, my friends, my neighbors, my congregation, uh, to, to share these, these moments, uh, which they probably never have seen, but was well endowed in me through these experiences, and I'm now able to share. Well, that's really cool. A, a person who's been able to travel the world and then come back home and share in all that wealth and knowledge uh, to better his community. I think that's really, really admirable. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's our goal. That you, is absolutely uh, our goal. And, Russell, I think I read you dabbled in some coaching for a little bit, didn't you, at the college level, like some Division three. Uh, Division three. that is correct. At Elmhurst uh, College uh, here in the Chicagoland area, uh, we were able to – I coached uh, one year there um, with Scott Trost. Uh, and uh, found it to be real good. And not, actually, I did two years, one with Scott and another one with Mark. But uh, coaching and, and found it just fascinating in, in not just coaching, but helping to develop these young men. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of them had some of the similar experiences I had uh, with inner city uh, issues, you know, and, and to see them uh, develop to, to great young men and to understand that uh, where, where they were is not where they have to be, mm. that they can excel and they can move to, to different areas of, and challenge themselves to even be better every day. Well, that is very admirable work, um, you know, to, uh, to get through to young people, especially those who have difficult circumstances. Um, and oftentimes, Absolutely. yeah, and oftentimes to no fault of their own, uh, they need people yeah. like you yourself, which is which is even that much uh, more special, in my opinion, that you're able to to get to some of these kids and and to help them uh, get to a better place in their life. Absolutely, I totally agree with you. And and uh, we, I am the uh, board president for uh, our our uh, non for profit. It's called I Care Ministries. And we have an after-school program where we can help tutor some kids. Uh, we service the Humboldt Park and Austin community where there's a lot of devastation, a lot of things that need to be rebuilt, right? A lot of single-family homes, right, uh, where the mother is there and the father is not. A lot of that. Uh, a lot of underprivileged uh, service 
right, uh, in these communities, and we are able to help uh, at least uh, 3,500 families. Wow. Uh, we're wow. able to assist and, and build, help build culture, and uh, we do giveaways uh, with food, uh, with furniture. We even deliver the furniture and all that stuff. Uh, but this, this program is is a community outreach uh, program, and it's based off off the church as well. Uh, but we we really desire like this this Saturday we're we're having another giveaway where we're giving away uh, turkeys and and all the fixings that go with that, and uh, we're also giving away furniture and things of that nature so people can have a a good holiday, right? Know, yeah, where where they possibly would not have had. But God has allowed us to sow a seed uh, into them, uh, not only food, but a seed of hope. And, and, and we're, we're looking for that seed of hope to grow into a manifested success story. Well, Russell, I think that's just amazing. And we, uh, we, uh, we appreciate you sharing your whole story with us here. And it's great to catch up with you. Uh, we end all these podcasts with a, with four quick questions. And they're kind of the, off the beaten path one. We call them our final four. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these four questions, and I'm really excited about this first one. Well, I, first question on the final four here with Russell Cross is, what is your go-to music of choice? Oh, man, gospel music. Oh. <laughs> I was talking to somebody today, and it's so funny to say that they were telling me about an event that they were having, and they didn't want to invite me because... They were doing house music. <laughs> I said, well, I'm not afraid of house music. I grew up on house music. But gospel is my musical choice. Gotcha. I, I, you know, that's what I was, I was presuming that. And I thought, well, I wonder if that's dangerous for me to, to presume that. But uh, no. That no, is? Okay. No. Good deal. Um, se- second question here on the Final Four is, what is your favorite all-time book or maybe a good book you've read recently? I tell you what, man, I'm, I'm so uh, theatric, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to be crazy because I don't know if you guys ever heard this book. But it's called Flowers in the Attic. And, and it was one of my yeah. first books, and it, and it still uh, is. I also like uh, Presumed Innocent, and uh, those are two of my favorites right now. Of course, of course, the old time is, is, is the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that is a fantastic answer. And and so, do you find yourself reading a lot? Uh, yes, yes, I do. I read, I read and study a lot uh, because, uh, you know, I want to be knowledgeable. Number one, yeah, uh, not the smartest guy in the room, but definitely be able to talk. Uh, number number two is that uh, I have three uh, different communities that in which I speak. Uh, I'm the pastor at the church, so I speak there, uh, and I'm also I also have two Facebook Live programs. Oh wow! One is called one is called Defeating Anxiety, and the other one is is called um, I Care Ministries Prophetic Outreach. So I, I want to be knowledgeable. I don't want to just uh, have my opinion. I definitely want to have some knowledge uh, to share and and to gather on my own. And I've never want to be the smartest guy in the room i definitely want to uh be able to share the knowledge and receive knowledge as well well and that's a good point that be- was, because when you're i've learned yeah when you're reaching out to, to people like that um 
you need to you need to come up with new stuff. You need to have your your take on it to share, and uh, that never stops, right? I mean, you you got to constantly keep uh, keep learning new things. Yeah, yeah, and, and you you, you want to just just fly off with with an opinion, right? Right. You want to have some some facts to go with that. You want to show that you have studied. You want to be uh, educated uh, in the, in the sense of whatever you're talking about. So that you're not just just giving your opinion, yeah, but yes. you've actually studied what you're talking about, and now you have a valid opinion that'll help uh, bring resolve or bring resources. I'm glad to hear you say that, uh, Russell. The F word, facts. We need we <laughs> yeah. need to stick to facts, right? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Question three here on the final four. Um, if you three. could, if you could wave a wand. And do any profession starting tomorrow? What would it be? I, I would explore that that baseball. Deal. I was good. Oh, yeah. I thought that might be your answer when you talked about your love of baseball. I thought, yeah, yeah that is cool. So you'd be uh, what taking the hill for the Cubs here in spring training in a few months, right? Man, that would be great right there. Ready for for pitcher and catcher uh, spring training. Yeah. That would be real cool right there. Yeah, that would definitely baseball would be it. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right, last question here on the Final Four. What is a little-known fact or something that no one knows about you? Uh-oh. No, no, no. <laughs> Should I be exposing this? Who's listening? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I call myself now. Uh, I, I don't know if everybody agrees. But I call myself a uh, uh, a master a pit master, uh, where I can get on the grill or on the oh. and, uh, and 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 make some things happen. Where what's your specialty uh, I, now? Uh, I, I I can put some uh, some beautiful pork chops together. Uh, some uh, I, I have yet to do my first brisket. I, I, that's my next task. I do uh, uh, chicken ribs. Uh, you name it. I, I've even ventured out a little bit uh, with uh, some uh, uh, roast beef mm. uh, and things of that nature. I'm, I'm looking to put a ham on there. The whole deal. Nice. So I, I got I got some things that I'm, I'm working on, and I got some things that I'm good at. Uh, you, now I can definitely tell you, I'm a master chef in the box area. Anything in a box, I can. <laughs> hey, now I'm gonna tell you, you. Now we saw you. You were down here before uh, for our last player reunion, and then obviously we've yeah. we've gone through the pandemic. We're gonna have another one uh, coming up in August, and I'm oh. gonna forewarn you now. If you come down for that, uh, Coach Painter is really into grilling now, and you guys, really? I, could, I could see a little side conversation lasting an easy hour. You two. <laughs> Sharing tips and everything when it comes to working those grills. I'm with it. I'm with it 100. Yeah. percent While I'm while I'm talking to him, I'm actually got a couple fishing holes down here as well. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to it. That'd be awesome, man. I want to see what he's got. Yeah, that would be great. Well, um, Russell, thanks so much for taking time to join us here. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate the time, um, and you've. Uh, like as I mentioned, you've been down before. I want to invite you down anytime to uh, get you down for a game here in Mackey, and we'd love to see you again. And it's just been great to spend some time with you here today. 
Hey, I really appreciate you guys uh, having me today. It's been real fun, uh, and I've enjoyed sharing with you and laughing and talking serious and all that good stuff, man. I really appreciate you guys, and I look forward to uh, coming down and being a part and staying a part of the Purdue alumni and, uh, and, and rooting us on, whether it be in basketball or beating them Buckeyes uh, on Saturday. <laughs> there we go. I like that. I like that, Russell. Well, thanks so well, much. Best to you and you guys' podcast. Best to you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Russell. Russell Cross here, uh, everybody, on uh, episode 81 of the podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. And until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well. Good night, everyone.